Welcome to the Music Matters Media Podcast. Today we have such an exciting and special episode. It's one that we look forward to every single year since we started this podcast. I'm talking about the Super Bowl halftime show featuring this year we got for Super Bowl 58, the one, the only, Usher. What a halftime show it was. The NFL did it again. They brought back the nostalgia and... What a night it was. So many heavy hitters. Yes, you could say that again, Eric. We got not only Usher as the main star of the show, of course, but we got a lot of special guests that he brought along for the ride. I'm talking about Alicia Keys, Jermaine Dupree, her, Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas, Little John, and Ludacris to shut it out with yeah you know they had to do it you know they had to there was no other way to shut down that performance other than that song i was looking forward to it you were millions of americans were looking forward to it and i'm sure people across the world were looking forward to hearing that song and those three perform that song live after so many years As soon as that hook came on, you knew what time it was, and you knew that the audience was going to be super amped for that. I'm really happy they saved that song for the final song in the set list. And while we're talking about the set list, before we dive in to the set itself, our thoughts from front to back, how it started, how it ended, everything in between, let me give a rundown for those who might not be familiar with his discography and these songs. So let me run it back, the set list. All right, let's do it. Okay, so he opened the show with Caught Up, then segued into You Don't Have to Call, then a snippet of Superstar, then he went into Love in This Club, then that's when Alicia Keys came in for Ain't Got You on the piano, and then they both did the duet of My Boo together. Then Usher took it away with Confessions Part 2, Nice and Slow, Burn, Bad Girl, You Got It Bad, OMG, and then Lil John came out for Turn Down For What, and then finally for the grand finale, you had the three of them, Usher, Lil John, and Ludacris for Yeah. And don't forget, Will I Am was also in the mix, and Jermaine Dupri was also in the mix during the set as well for the transitions. What a set list, man. I mean, just hit song after hit song it was in my opinion just really seamless you had her that came out on guitar i cannot forget that shout out yeah definitely that was a real treat seeing her just come out of nowhere with her guitar what were your expectations 
going into this Super Bowl? Were they high? Were you indifferent? How are you feeling? I mean, honestly, my expectations are pretty much fulfilled in the sense that he just performed all of his biggest hits. Yes. I mean, the he classics. Just, he really brought it. Eric, you, know? you and I and people from our generation grew up on Usher's music. Yeah, he was everywhere. Without on the radio. a doubt. Yeah, like every time you turned on the radio, it it was hands down any one of these songs was playing guaranteed. I'm talking about late 90s, early 2000s, mm -hmm. and yep. then fast forward even in the 2010s. Yeah, definitely. Even like sprinkled in with mid 2000s to the 2010s, for me, that's the Usher that I grew up on. Yeah, same. I mean, you really couldn't like turn on any radio station without hearing at least one of these songs. That's how you know, omnipresent he was back then. Come on, these songs right here, Caught Up, Confessions Part 2, Burn, You Got It Bad. I mean, we're talking about early 2000s R&B Usher at his peak. I know. That's that's so insane to think about. And seeing him perform those songs now in 2024, I mean, like, where has the time gone? That's all I can say. It was such a nostalgia trip going down memory lane and thinking about when we were in elementary school hearing these songs, which if you think about it is so funny as an adult listening to these songs where you listen to the lyrics and you're like, whoa, this is really adult to be hearing this in elementary school and singing along with it. Because when we were singing along with it when we were kids, we had no idea. That part went over our heads. We just knew that we loved Usher. He sounded amazing and the songs were super catchy. Yeah. Really makes you rethink all those kids' bop CDs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, this was really amazing to watch from front to back. And I just think that the whole thing was just really seamless from start to finish. Let me tell you, Eric, my expectations were super high going into this. People were asking me about the Super Bowl. They know them a diehard football fan in general. That every Sunday, no matter how good or how trash my team is, New York Giants, <laughs> yeah. shout out, that I'm going to watch regardless. And that's just who I am. I'm a loyal fan. I'm a loyal human being in general. So Listen, Super Bowl Sunday at your house should be its own holiday. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> so, as always, as every year, I kept on getting bombarded with who you take in, 49ers... Kansas City Chiefs and I came out and said first and foremost this is the Usher Bowl okay this is the Usher Bowl good answer so as long as that's understood that I'm in it for Usher and watching the Super Bowl is always fun when you pick a team it just makes it more fun when you're invested regardless of it's your actual team or not so of course every year I pick a team but this year I was so stoked on Usher being the halftime performer that I needed everybody to know first and foremost that it was the Usher Bowl. So once we got past that, then I said my picks. The game itself, really quick, just want to give a shout out to both teams. They really played their heart out, left everything on the field, went into overtime, which is very rare for a Super Bowl to go into overtime. So shout out to both of those teams for having such heart and giving it their all. And congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning. But with all that being said, who really won was Usher. <laughs> because to me, this halftime performance was everything 
that I ever wanted it to be. Yeah, and I'm sure you're not alone. I mean, you heard the screams of that crowd. I mean, they were just eating that up, like every last second of it. Not only did he play all the hits, and of course, you can't get to every single hit. There was people online saying, oh, how come he didn't play this song or that song? I think that he picked a career-spanning set and made the most with the time that he had. That's the only way to do it. You know, if you're going to do an event like the Super Bowl, you've got to go for the heartstrings. And the heartstrings are usually where the hits are, you know, the staples of radio. Yeah, so very happy about the set list in its entirety. Were there a few songs here or there that I wish were played? Of course, but there's just not enough time. There's never going to be enough time. It's Usher. His catalog is tremendous, you know? So I think that he did a great job picking out and weeding out what songs were going to make the cut versus what was left on the cutting room floor. Ultimately, I think he did a great job with that. As you said before, I want to touch upon that. The seamless transitions from song to song did a phenomenal job with that. Everything flowed really nicely. And also, my number one thing that I want to give props and a shout out on is he actually sung live. Yeah, definitely. Because as you and I know, Eric, a lot of performers will just rely on backing tracks. Yeah. They'll they'll lip sync or something like that in order to be able to dance properly. Right. He sung live while dancing and not just any type of dancing. We're talking about Usher dancing. So, you know, he's one of the greatest when it comes to choreography and moving his body. I mean, he's right up there with the conversation of Michael Jackson. I mean, of course, Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson. Don't get it twisted. Of course. But you can tell that Usher is a student. Yes. So, 1000%. You know, it's they're in that uh in that wavelength. For those who are just casual listeners, casual viewers, they're not really taking into consideration the amount of breath work and control that one has to have while simultaneously singing and dancing the way that he danced and and doing that choreography and then on top of everything else not only was he singing live and doing his typical usher breakdown with the dancing but he roller skated that in in and of itself it's hard enough to roller skate just trying to stay on your feet but dancing at the same time my god roller skating dancing singing he's literally juggling everything at once and excelling at all of the above yeah for real and you can tell that he really put in every last ounce of effort into that performance i mean did you see like how hard he was sweating oh yeah he he really sold it for sure that has to be a super bowl first that we have somebody roller skating yeah dancing and singing simultaneously One thing that I really appreciated about the way the songs were performed, I know that you said that he performed a snippet of one of his songs, but overall, I love that he didn't spend either too long or too little on any one song. I feel like he was really good at measuring how much time he should dedicate to any song in particular. And I feel like that's what made this particular performance a complete performance. 
you know such a good point eric it didn't feel like anybody got you know like screwed over in terms of the performances i feel like he was pretty generous with each song given the time constraints he had such a great point eric because a lot of performers will make the mistake of trying to cram too much because you're trying to please literally everybody so you want to give them all the hits and everything you got but then by doing that because you're in that time constraint of literally less than 15 minutes to get around to doing every single song or all of your popular songs you're playing a minute of each at that point you know less than a minute to to get to some songs so to me, that's robbing people of having a full performance. At the same time, you don't want to spend too much time on any particular song unless it's the grand finale, the closer. That's understandable. But I think, to your point, great job on making sure that it was well-balanced throughout and that people really got to have the experience to be able to sing along with these songs and not feel we're just jumping from one thing to another and not being able to fully be immersed in the performance. And that's what you want, ultimately. You want people to be able to dance and sing along and enjoy themselves at home while you're performing. And that's the main goal, is to to not only bring people down memory lane, maybe more so for us and our generation, but just to have that impact on people and have that effect of making people have that enjoyment without necessarily physically being there in the stadium with him. And two other things that I really thought that they pulled off very well. The first thing is, I know we talk about this typically as it pertains to studio albums, but I really love the song placement, like the order of it. Yeah. Like, the it pacing, really, right? Exactly. It, it really felt like when the show needed to be high energy, it was, and then when it needed to pull back a little and be a little sultry or romantic or vulnerable, it was. You know, it, it wasn't too much of any one thing. Like, he really knew when to, you know, turn the intensity up and then turn it back down just enough. And to elaborate further on that, I think he really used his guests to a really good effect. Yes, I love the fact that not only he was able to bring these guests with him for this experience and to really give us the full throwback of these songs and the collaborations that took place back then, but also giving the guests their time to shine because they really had, it wasn't just like a quick pop in and out scenario, Alicia Keys especially, Little John and Ludacris especially, and even her with the guitar and her having her solo and everything, he gave them their spotlight and their time to shine without just glossing right over. It's not like, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not like he just had guests to have the guests. Yeah, exactly. Each guest spot was very much deliberate and he gave them their respect and... I just love that he did that. And speaking a little more on that, not only did he give each guest proper time to shine and enough time in the spotlight, he is not one of those performers that just relies on his guests to do a good show. Like there was enough, there was plenty of Usher to be seen. He did 
his own solo spots throughout the time that he performed. But at the same time, he was generous enough to give each performer just the right amount of uh, showtime for them to just, you know, really show what they have. Yeah, and he really just gave them their flowers above all, which I absolutely love about Usher. I love that he's not an egomaniac. I love that he brought these guests out, like I said, deliberately for these songs. And he gave them their time. And not only did he give them their time, I love the fact, too, which this is going to be overlooked, but everything was timed so perfectly that while the guests were having their moment, he was quickly changing and rearranging. Everything was rearranging on the stage. And it was just so perfect the way that everything was timed and planned because by the time that their segment in the set was over or he needed to come back out to collaborate to do a duet or whatever the case may be it was so perfectly timed that he would be back right on cue and there you have it he's on rollerblades or there you have it it's an outfit change or you know and I just think that the attention to detail for things like that really go a long way when you're planning such a extravagant performance with such little time yeah and we definitely have to give it up to the production crew because if you know anything about airtime on tv it costs money oh yeah and <laughs> everything moves at the speed of light you know you've got to be really precise in order to keep everything moving you know there there's no opportunity for mistakes so the fact that they were able to time everything the way they did and they were able to carry this thing from start to finish with no mistakes and keep the energy going while it's happening yeah a couple of standouts for me in terms of production in general were the dancers shout out to the dancers all the pole dancers all the background dancers all the dancers on the rollerblades doing splits that was insane shout out to the guy who popped out of a cannon during the (laughs) intro also too the shout out to the marching band they were on fire man on fire and then from an aerial view they spelled out usher yeah that was so cool to such see. a nice touch and just so many things can get overlooked because everything's happening so fast and that's why i'm so glad that we not only watch it in real time but eric and i always go back and watch it together up on youtube if you guys want to play it back i will put a link in the description so you can play it back yourself We always do that because there's just so much happening at all times and I want to be able to take everything in. And I just think they did such a great job. Yeah, and I know that, like you said, there's so much going on. There's so many moving parts. It it can definitely be a bit difficult to just keep track of everything all at once. But I do love that for all of the, you know, rapid pace that was happening. I do love that there's a moment in the middle of it where... Usher just gets time to be Usher, you know, with his solo performance and just going up to the mic and doing what he does best. I mean, when he started singing Confessions Part 2 and took off his shirt, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) first of all, instant throwback to his earlier days. Oh, yeah. And second, I mean... Swoon. Yeah. (laughs) Come on now. Exactly. Yeah, Usher doing what Usher does best. I mean, R&B heartthrob for millions of people all across the world yeah exactly you know whereas maybe some other artists would have possibly felt the need to 
maybe expand on something in order to make their performance more effective, he he kept everything proportionate. Yeah, nothing was overdone. And nothing got completely out of control. Everything to me made sense, which was very much important. And I just want to go back to the guests real quick because, first of all, the one, the only, the great Alicia Keys. Oh, my God. I was hoping, wishing, praying that she was going to be there as a special guest for my boo. That was one of my predictions, and I'm glad I was right about that. Seeing her all in red, red piano, her being able to play her own song, Ain't Got You, and then that transitioning into my boo with Usher and that duet, that just took me back. Alicia is so incredibly talented. I wouldn't yeah. mind getting a halftime show just with her. Oh, yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah, that that would be one hell of a show for sure. And hearing them sing my boo together was just magic. Right? Didn't it take you back? It, it took did. me back. Like you, the, you know the minute she took off that cape <laughs> that she meant business. Yeah, yeah. It was on after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then came the, uh, you know, not necessarily the internet memes, but, you know, all the internet chatter. <laughs> oh, sure. Mr. Steal Your Girl. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I love them, too. I love that they have the utmost respect for each other. And Swizz Beats, Alicia's husband gave his stamp of approval and you know they're just you know everybody's an adult the internet's one beast of its own obviously with yeah, the memes and everything but i'm so glad that there's nothing but love there they're friends they're good friends and everybody's a professional here of course of course all of us at home have to take things wildly out of context because that wouldn't be the internet now would it <laughs> of course <laughs> as we all know and also fun fact apparently usher got married in vegas after his halftime performance wow we still had time to get married <laughs> yeah wow isn't that insane so he stayed in vegas after the super bowl and ended up getting married to his longtime partner Wow. <laughs> wow. That is that is awesome. Congratulations to him. Eric, I'm telling you, I said this on our most anticipated of 2024 for this year. Usher, spoiler alert, he made my list on that. And I'll say it again here. 2024 is going to, and it's already started, be the year of Usher. You have Usher as the Super Bowl halftime show. You have him getting married. He just dropped his latest album, which is called Coming Home that dropped on February 8th. And he's just on top of the world right now. He had a residency in Vegas. He announced a world tour and he's unstoppable this year. And I cannot wait to get into the album, listen to these songs. I figured, I'm so uh, excited. Do I sense a possible album review on the horizon? Yeah, you just may. You just may. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see. Wait a minute, is it 2004 or is it 2024? Because you have new Usher records coming out. You got Justin Timberlake records coming out. You're making both of us year. feel old. <laughs> I, yeah, but <laughs> I got to call a spade a spade here. You know, of even, course, of even course. if I'm aging myself, these are the guys that we grew up listening to. Yeah, and I can't believe it's only February and that's already so much that he's uh got lined up for this year yeah and just has accomplished in general so i really believe that this year is the year of usher i dubbed it in the beginning of the year i'm sticking to it cannot wait to as i said listen to his album possibly review it on here that would be amazing 
But going back to the halftime show really quick. So shout out to Alicia Keys. Then you had her on guitar. Really awesome surprise. I, I let out an audible gasp when, <laughs> when she showed up behind him and just started wailing away on the guitar. Seeing her was really cool. I love that she made an appearance. And of course, she's out there on guitar. That was awesome. And then after her, you had Jermaine Dupree, which made that transition, which is really cool because he was a big staple for us growing up, too, with R&B and hip hop and listening to Bow Wow and some other acts in the same vein of Usher and Bow Wow, which is wild to think about. And after Jermaine Dupree, you had Will I Am with a, another transition and OMG, that song, which was everywhere. Yeah, it was first came everywhere. Out. So much so that this actually, fun fact, was a full circle moment for Usher and Will I Am because Will I Am performed with his group, the Black Eyed Peas, for the halftime show back in 2011 and had Usher as a special guest along with Slash for the performance. And Usher performed OMG with the Black Eyed Peas back then for that Super Bowl halftime show performance. Now, fast forward to this Super Bowl and this halftime show centered around Usher. This was really a full circle moment. So shout out to Will I Am and the Black Eyed Peas. And then, of course, last but not least, I mean, Lil Jon got his own segment with Turn Down For What. And that song was also everywhere. That reminds me of college. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> college, I remember that. College years, college partying years. And then, as I said, last but not least, Lil John, Ludacris, Usher, yeah. If he did not close with this song, I mean, what other song could he possibly have closed with? This was the grand finale everybody was waiting for. Yeah, exactly. And what I love is that, like, he just... It's like, you know, like I've mentioned before, somehow the planets aligned to just bring a lot of people that you and I just grew up with together on the same stage and it's coincidentally people who were also in their own right everywhere on the radio at that time and not just on the radio but on TV because totally, you know you yeah. had Ludacris who was also really big in movies back then yeah he was also one of my favorite rappers growing up talking about listening to music when you're younger that's completely inappropriate but you don't realize until you're adult I had the red light district <laughs> on CD, and I used to play it on my CD player in the back seat of my parents' car. And boy, was that inappropriate! But I loved absolutely. I didn't. Everything went over my head, but I absolutely loved every single minute of it. I'm not gonna lie. I see you're bringing the nostalgia on your own back with the <laughs> CD player. I know. Really? Oh my god! Really I can't believe how. Not an iPod. Not an yeah, MP3. A CD player. Can you believe how far we've come? Like in the 20 years since then like just Sheesh. from carrying stacks of cds in your pocket to yep. using our phones now i mean my god <laughs> i know yeah and just the evolution from vinyl to cassettes to cd players to mp3s remember your zune you had a zune yeah i had one yeah so what <laughs> i had one <laughs> don't judge me and then iPods, of course. I had the original iPod Shuffle, no screen. It looked like a a white USB stick, hard drive, and 
and it was called the iPod Shuffle, and it literally held up to its name because you had no idea what song was coming next. And if you wanted to listen to a song and you skipped too far ahead, you would have to go back and count the number of times of where that song left off so you can go back to it. And that's what we were working with back then. And people are going to listen to this that are significantly younger than us, and it's going to sound very wild that there were a time where we would used to have to carry all the music around with us or we had no screens or we were infecting our parents' computers with viruses downloading <laughs> music. <laughs> I mean, listen, it sounds crazy to us, but, you know, imagine people in the previous decades who actually had to lug their record players and their records around. Yeah, like, or even the boombox era, too. Yeah. Another another topic for another episode, I'm <laughs> I sure. <know. laughs> but I, I love this topic. But, um, my God, like... Going just, back to Ludacris, because that's what... That's yeah, I mean... where we went down the he, rabbit hole. He was just everywhere. One and... of my favorite rappers growing up, even before the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. If you could believe <laughs> yeah. it or not. Yeah, definitely. And tying into Fast and Furious real quick, I used to play growing up Need for Speed on GameCube throwing it back wow two throwbacks and one need for speed and gamecube <laughs> need for wow. speed underground and underground 2 and those soundtracks were fire and on i forgot which soundtrack it was but one of the soundtrack had little john and the east side boys and once again wildly inappropriate for my age but i used to crank that like no other i used to be blasting that soundtrack so shout out to Ludacris, shout out to little john and of course most of all, shout out to Usher. This whole entire set, this halftime show performance and just everything that he did encompassed pretty much our childhood, really. Absolutely. And let me just say, in my opinion, this is one of those Super Bowl halftime shows that gets better the more you watch it. Because I feel like, and this is true for any Super Bowl halftime show, the first time you watch it, there's so much going on. You want to focus on everything, but you know you can't. Yeah, it's like a sensory overload. Exactly, especially if it's something that's this nostalgia-filled. So when you have the chance to go back and watch it and dissect it and analyze it piece by piece, that's when you really get an appreciation for just how much went into it. And this is a show that I really have liked a lot more and more after watching it the first time. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that, Eric. Watching it in real time, of course, I was enjoying it and super stoked to see Usher out there doing his thing. But upon rewatching it is really when you take the time to catch the Easter eggs that this man incorporated into this halftime show is really where it's at because he has influences sprinkled throughout this show I'm talking about, just to name a few, Marvin Gaye, James Brown, Bobby Brown, Michael Jackson, of course, Luther Vandross, Donny Hathaway, Earth, Wind, and Fire, the Jackson 5, and the list goes on and on. Definitely. And the same thing happened last year with Rihanna's halftime show. For those of us who haven't heard that episode yet, definitely go check it out. Nice plug. Nice plug. <laughs> Always. <laughs> But yeah, I felt the same way. I felt like there was so much going on that I just needed to watch it a second time to really make up my mind as to whether I truly liked it or not. And I can say that I, I've rewatched it a bunch of times since then. 
and I really do love that one a lot. But, you know, just to kind of give my final thoughts on it, I enjoyed it a lot from start to finish. I thought everything went super fluid. Everything flowed so well. Everybody played to their strengths. There was no guest that was overused or underused, and I feel like Usher had plenty of time to just be himself and be his best performer self. And I just thought everything was executed perfectly. You know, it started well, it carried well, and then it ended on a super high note. And that's all you can ask for with these kinds of things. Are there any songs that he didn't include that you would have liked to have heard? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always got to hit you with the... Of course you do. (laughs) The hard-hitting questions here. I mean, I'm sure there are. Uh, I mean, there's so... I I can't think off the top of my head. I'll throw you one, and you can tell me if you agree or, or not. Okay, sure. DJ's guy's fallen in love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My God. That one I definitely would have liked to, to hear. And since he had the three of them, I would have loved to heard Lovers and Friends, too. That's a throwback. Yeah. DJ's Got Us Falling in Love Again is one that I actually was expecting to hear, just because that one was also all over the radio when it was new at the time. But, you know, for, for what it was, I'm really pleased with the choices that he made because i just feel like like you said if if you had to sum up usher and you could do it in those songs i feel like that's what would give the message yeah i totally definitely stand by that he played a career spanning set list and he really played to his strong suits too both with the choreography and his singing and i just love the amount of effort and quality he put into his performance not an easy performance by any means by no means was he just coasting through this thing literally blood sweat tears probably went into practicing and behind the scenes and just all of the dancers and choreographers and the marching band and all the musicians it's just it takes a team it literally takes a team you're not kidding. And honestly, if people loved what they saw at this performance, then imagine what he's like in his element when he's just on a stage for two hours performing just hits upon hits upon hits. Oh, I would love to go see him on this tour. I'm not even going to front. He's coming to New York, I believe, in September, and he's playing multiple dates in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. Nice. So that's shout out crazy. to anybody that's listening from New York. You can get your chance to go see him live in september of this year but if you're not even if you're not from new york he's doing a north american tour so i'm sure if you check out the tour dates i'm sure he's stopping to a town or state near you definitely we highly recommend it just don't blame us for any unplanned pregnancies (laughs) (laughs) eric (laughs) i'm sorry i couldn't resist (laughs) but yeah all in all shout out to usher He gave us the dance moves. He gave us the live singing. He gave us the special guests we wanted. And he even gave us roller skating while singing and dancing. It blew my mind. And that was such a nod to his roots and a nod to Atlanta. And also he gave a shout out to to not only Atlanta and where he's from, but gave a shout out to his mom, which I loved. Yeah. He dedicated the show to his mom. So many things to love about Usher. I mean, how could you not like Usher? Even if you're not a fan of his music, I get it. 
R&B, maybe not necessarily for everybody. I mean, it's that baby making music, though. So. <laughs> of course it is. But it's he's kinda, just kind of hard. A... It's kind of hard not to love it. But of course, I know to each their own. There's people out there that might not necessarily be their cup of tea. Fine. But Usher as a person. Come on. Usher as a musician. Talent can recognize talent. And I just think that he's such a classy and legendary performer in his own right and I think for musicians that we grew up following and that league of musicians that came up around that time of the 90s and early 2000s Usher is one of the main names up there with the greats definitely to sum it up in four words Usher is the complete package you were on (laughs) fire this episode (laughs) Eric is on fire (laughs) I absolutely love it before we close out I do want to say this. Where would you rank this halftime performance in all of halftime performances? Because it's so incredibly hard. You and I love so many different genres of music. We love music to its core. Clearly, that's why you guys are here listening to this podcast. Because you know how passionate we are. And you know that we are music enthusiasts through and through. So... It's hard to just, you know, run it back. You have the greats, Michael Jackson and Prince and Bruce Springsteen and all these halftime show performers that have given their all out there. But you don't have to necessarily pick a number or anything like that. But where do you think Usher would rank in Super Bowl history? Do you think he would be up there on that list with some of these greats that I just mentioned? Do you think he's in the middle somewhere? Do you think he's on the the lower end with some of the meh kind of performances? How do you feel subjectively? Obviously, this is a subjective question about his performance. I feel like if this makes any kind of sense, he'd be in the upper middle just because there's so many artists who have just left everything on that stage. It's hard to really say, you know, just a small subset of them are better, like infinitely better than the others, because there's so many that were just such amazing performers one after the other. And so many different kinds of performances, too. Many different kinds of genres. But that's why I feel like he'd be in the upper middle, because you have to take into account everyone that came before him and how many iconic performances there are before his. But at the same time what he did was so well done and so well executed that it would just, in my opinion, be a disservice to put him anywhere like dead center or, you know, on the lower lower end. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. exactly. I hear where you're coming from. For me personally, I say that he's top 10. I know that sounds like a wild statement, but I feel confident in saying top 10. Top five, that's extremely hard. I would really have to run it back in order to to form a top five. And like I said, obviously, this is all subjective to our personal taste. But I'm throwing it out there. I'm going to stand by this. I will put Usher's halftime show performance in the top 10 of all time Super Bowl performances. And that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. If you really want me to give you a number, I will put him somewhere in the top 20. I'll do that. Maybe that might change, 
if I were to like watch a bunch of Super Bowl halftime shows and you know, we should do that one day, them. Eric. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> we should. We should do that one day. We should because I've seen a YouTube video. Yeah, where they rank them. Where they rank them, and it takes you back from the OG where it all began, all the way up till present day. Obviously, they're gonna have to update it now that right. another one has just passed. But I think that we should do a future episode. That would be a lot of fun where we make our own personal list of our top. 20 to top 10 to top 5 to number 1 that's going to be excruciating oh yeah definitely but that could be fun that could be a lot of fun I I would definitely be up for that as long as we can include Spongebob Sweet Victory (laughs) somewhere in there (laughs) and it not get cut off (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly listen Adam Levine Maroon 5 Travis Scott we don't care who you are nobody does that to Spongebob nobody but listen, I'd totally be up for that. I think that's a great idea. Nobody puts SpongeBob in the corner. Very well said. And you and you said I'm on fire. <laughs> oh man, I love you so much, Eric. This I is love you more. Such a fun episode to record every year. And before we go, of course, I just want to give one last shout out to Usher for being the most watched Super Bowl halftime show in history. That is truly incredible. Between Usher's performance and Taylor Swift's appearance at the Super Bowl, this Super Bowl is for sure going down in history with how many people across the world tuned in. And I think that's truly phenomenal. So with all of that being said, you guys, we want to know how you felt about this year's Super Bowl halftime show with Usher. Did you enjoy it? Did you not care for it at all? Did you feel somewhere in between? And also, since we're on the topic of Super Bowl halftime shows, please let us know what halftime shows are some of your favorites. We want to know it all, you guys. Make sure you head on over to musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there. And don't forget to follow us on social media, at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned because we are going to be reviewing Green Day's latest album and, of course, covering the biggest night in music, talking about the Grammys. You don't want to miss it.